Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Today, um, we're going to start into uh, the second week of this series entitled, Test Me in This. And if you weren't here last week, don't worry, we'll get you caught up today. But this whole idea of test me in this is um, coming from Malachi chapter 3, where God tells us to give him our first and our best. And he says, try me, test me in this, or, or put me to the test, is what he says in some translations. And, and it's a fascinating statement, because what he's talking about in that moment is really our income. And trusting, giving back to him a portion of our income, and he says, test me in this. Uh, grab your devices, your Bibles, and head over to Luke chapter 11 with me this morning. This is going to be our first stop of the day. And as you head there, for those of you that weren't here last week, I want to catch you up. And for those of you that were, this is just going to be a refresher. But what we learned last week was that this money, this, this financial thing that we keep talking about is not about money. Uh, see, this whole financial piece is really about lordship. It's, uh, it's this test that we take every time we get paid as to who are we going to honor, who are we going to put first in our, um, in, in our finances. And what we find out so often is that our, re, our thinking is reversed. Like we got it backwards from what God has taught us in Scripture. See, because if you, if you grow up in this culture, one of the things that we do is we teach this idea that you should spend first and then if you have some left over, you might save a few dollars. And then if there's anything left over from that, then you might give it. You might, you might if you feel generous enough, you might give something, right? And what's, what's wrong with that is really what God teaches us in Scripture is the reverse of that. He teaches us that number one should be give. That comes right off the top. And then there's a, a portion that we save. And then we live on the rest of that. And that's, that's the way that's supposed to work. And the reason for that is because, as we covered last week, Visa and MasterCard and Amazon Prime cannot bless your finances. Right on? You guys know that. Uh, only God has the ability to bless our finances. That's it. And what we say when we give first, we tithe, is that we say we believe that God can do more with 90% than we could with 100. Last week, we went to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, and, and we found this amazing promise in Scripture, this test me promise and what we found is that tithing is the only place in Scripture where we're invited to test God. Why is that? Because from the beginning of time, God knew that this was going to be an issue for us. Like our, our finances, uh, we would find a way to put our trust and faith in our finances instead of Him. And this was going to draw us away. This was going to become an idol. It was going to get in between us and God. And, and so many of us, even if we've been walking with Christ for a while, some of us have never really even tithed. We don't like to talk about money. We, we tuck that off to the side. And, and if you're not giving, if you've never tithed, let me ask you this question. Why? What is it that's kept you from following the spiritual discipline in the scriptures? I know some of you would say that you think, well, tithing is this, this Old Testament thing. It's not really a new covenant thing. 
Like Jesus never really talked about tithe. And, and I'll grant you the fact that last week I used scriptures out of Leviticus and Malachi. I was in the Old Testament. But I want to show you that this is even something that Jesus taught as well. Luke chapter 11, verse 42 if you have a red letter Bible, which is uh, the Bible where they put all of Jesus' words in red, this, this is going to be in red. This is Jesus talking here. And he starts off, it's really rough. It says, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees? Uh, you wouldn't want to hear that from Jesus, would you? Um, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees? Why? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb garden. So stop for a minute. Um, what's he talking about? Tithing from your herb gardens, the, the tiniest income. It would be like you taking this tithing thing so serious that you would go to your spice rack and you would section off 10% of all the spices and tithe that for God. That's, that's what he's talking about. And, and they did this for show. The, the Pharisees, they didn't really, it wasn't about God. It was about people viewing them. And this is what he says. You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but... You ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So let me ask you the question, based on this text, okay, what's more important? Is it tithe or the justice and the love of God? The justice and love of God, right? Jesus makes that very, very clear. It's more important. But yet, does he say, because this is more important, you shouldn't tithe? No, it's just the opposite, right? He says, no, if you're going to follow me, I want, I want to be first in all areas of your life. Not just one or two, but all areas. And so, yes, justice and love of God are important. But you, he says you should tithe. Yes, you should do that as well. Jesus is just saying, look, don't, don't tithe and then go out the door and neglect those that are sick and hurting. Don't do that. But is it a good thing to tithe? Yes, it's a good thing to tithe. You should do that. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, we told you last week that this idea of tithing comes from a Hebrew word that means a tenth. And that's where we get that 10% idea. And, and I know we get lots of questions too. You know, we talked last week about is it gross, is it net, and all these other things. And, and we get really to, you know, down to where we're going, okay, is it really a tenth, really? Like, is God up there with his, you know, heavenly calculator making sure that he gets every dollar? And, and I want to tell you that that's not the situation, you need to know that God is not concerned about every penny. And actually, it's more about our heart or our heart posture than it is about the percentage. Again, it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with lordship. It's all about our heart posture. And when we start getting so focused on, on the dimes and the pennies, we've lost our way. It's really about this idea of giving 10% to say, God, you are who you say you are. And I place you first, even in this area of my life, which I tend to go back and hang on to, or, or I tend to want to control myself. And instead of doing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my faith and my trust in you by giving you 10%. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says it this way. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a what? A small crop, yeah. Now, we're out here in the country. You guys know that, right? That makes sense, Yes. Yeah, you, you plant a few seeds, you're only going to get a few crops. That's all you're going to get. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your what? Your heart. It's a heart condition, not, not in your bank account, 
But you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Cheerfully, yeah. This is why we don't pass a plate on Sunday mornings. Have you noticed that? I hope you have, right? Probably one of the reasons that that drew you here. Um, uh, Most of you probably don't even know that we have offering boxes out in the lobby. And they stay out there. Because that's the the way we want to deal with it in here. When we launched this church, we launched it with one of our, our slogans was leave your wallet at home. Because we understood that one of the top five reasons people don't go to church is because they feel like the church is always asking for their money. And I wanted to remove that. Because I didn't want that to stand in the way of somebody coming to Christ. And so what we do here at Mountain View Fellowship, instead of passing the plate, is we just teach on this. We teach the biblical um, discipline of tithing. We, we put it in your hands. It's between you and God. And then whatever God does in that moment, we, we operate on whatever comes in. And we stay within with whatever our income is. And we operate on that. And, and I choose to do it that way because I never want this to be a source of conflict or a point where people will go, no, I'm not going to Mountain View Fellowship because I feel like they're always asking for my money. And so we just feel like, hey, as, as Christians, we should give cheerfully. It shouldn't be reluctantly or, or in response to pressure. And so it's between you and God. But as a pastor, uh, I have to teach this because Jesus taught on it. And if I don't teach on it, we're, a, we're an unbiblical church. I told you that last week. And so we're teaching these spiritual disciplines in hopes that God would do his work in your life and in your heart and that you would place him first. And then whatever comes in, we use that. We turn that right around to reach more people for Jesus Christ. But man, I don't want to pass those plates because I don't want you to feel pressured. I don't want it to be reluctant. I want you to be a cheerful giver. And actually, here would be a great exercise for you. When you give, do it as part of your worship. Because that's what it should be. We're, we're out of a heart of gratitude and thankfulness, and we're excited about what God is doing in and through us that, that we give as part of our worship. And so that would be amazing, because I know some of you, you, you give on your way in or whatever on your way out, but maybe just build that into your worship. It just becomes part of your worship. He goes on in verse 8 to say this, And God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love that line. We're so worried about making, you know, making it to the end of the month or making sure that we meet this bill. And God says, look, when you give cheerfully, not only are you going to have enough, but I'm going to give you plenty left over so you can share it with others as well. Why? Because that's who God is. He's generous. Um, remember, if, if we give, we'll be blessed. And I want to stop just for a minute and make sure that you know this. If you didn't hear me say this last week, we're not preaching a prosperity doctrine here. That's not what this is. Okay, I'm not saying if you give a dollar, God's going to give you two back. He's not a vending machine. It doesn't work that way. But what I am telling you is that when you give, and I, I say this not because I say it, but because Scripture says it, you will be blessed. When you give, you will be blessed. And it's not always monetary either. Sometimes it's the joy. It's the joy that comes in that giving. Sometimes it's the peace because as you give, God, God blesses you and you realize, hey, he's given me enough to make my bills. He's taken care of me. And there's a peace in that, that this, this is in God's hands. It's not in your hands. Sometimes it's relationally. Uh, it, if you look at marriage, 90% of all the fights that they have are, are based around money. And sometimes when we get our finances 
you know, straightened out and both of us are on the same page, it reduces our fights within our relationships. But the bottom line is this, when you give, you'll be blessed, and not just blessed, but you'll be blessed abundantly in a lot of different areas in your life. And it's different for each and every one of us, the way we experience that. It's not about the dollars that we give. It's not like God needs your measly 10%, right? He doesn't need my measly tithe. It's not like I I cut my tithe check and give it, and then Jesus is like, whew, glad we got that in, right? We can make the mortgage in heaven today. It It doesn't work that way. He doesn't need our money. What he wants is to be first in every area of our life. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 34, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's, that's a peculiar statement to me. Because I think if you were writing that or if I was writing that, this is what we would say. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be as well. Right? That's the way we think about it. But, but Jesus said, no, it's actually just the opposite way. When you invest in something, you put your money towards something, your heart goes toward that. When you start to give your tithe, all of a sudden your heart goes toward God. It goes toward his kingdom, his, his church. That's where it goes. You, you begin to follow the, the, the treasure with your heart. And, and I guess the question then is, where's my heart at? What am I chasing after? If I looked at my bank account, what would it say my heart is aimed at right now? Tithing is more about our hearts than our finances. Really, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the money. It has everything to do with where God is at in our life and our heart posture. That's that's why how we give matters. Uh, That's why how we give makes all the difference in the world. And I want to prove to you that God cares more about your heart than he does your money. Uh, Flip over to Genesis chapter 4. This is a story, when I ran across this years ago, and I really began to dive into it and and look at it from this this financial standpoint, like it wrecked me. Because I I didn't realize this. I'd read this several times, and I had never really caught this before. This is the first place tithing is actually mentioned in Scripture. And we often think that it's, you know, the first place is actually the law of Moses, right? And yet, this comes 500 years before the law of Moses ever comes into play. And it's the story of Cain and Abel. They both bring a gift before the Lord. And what you're going to see is that God is going to accept one, and he's going to reject the other one. Now, my question is this. Why would God accept a gift, or why would he reject a gift? What's the difference? What causes him to accept it? or reject it. Well, it's right here in Genesis chapter 4. Look at verse 2. It says, later she, talking about Eve, gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. So we have Cain, who's the oldest brother, and then we have um, Abel. And, And what we're told is their occupation. It says, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. So we have a rancher who raises animals And we have a farmer who grows crops. And and some people make a big deal out of those two when it comes to this story. And I want to let you know, it has nothing to do with the story. All All it's there for is just to tell us what they did for a living. That's it. It has nothing to do with crops or animals. It has everything to do with their heart. And you're going to see that in verse 3. It says, When it was time for the harvest, 
Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Let me read it one more time. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented what? Some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. How did Cain give? When the harvest came, he just took some and gave it. So uh, as an illustration, um, I've got 10 $100 bills here. And don't get excited. This is not my money. I had to borrow it. Um, so and maybe, maybe you'll relate to this. I hope not, but maybe. So what Cain is doing is he's getting his paycheck, right? And he goes, you know, I, I got to pay my mortgage, right? So actually, we live in Colorado, so it'd be more like this. Right? So we have to pay our mortgage. Uh, I got grocery bills, so I got to take care of that. That's doubled, hadn't it? Um, now, um, I've got my utilities. I got to pay that. And, uh, you know, we're going to go to the movie this week, right? And so we need that. And so here's what happens. And he gets down to the end, and then he's like, you know what? I need to give something to God. Does that make sense? Cain presented some of his crops. Now, you might be thinking, well, where did I get this? Why, why am I illustrating it that way? Uh, because of the very next verse, which says, Abel also brought a gift. The what? The best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. He brought the best from the firstborn. Now, here's what's interesting. When Abel gave, this is what he did. He, oh, I'm throwing money everywhere, ain't I? He got his, his pay, and he took the best and the first and gave it to God. Why does that matter? Why is that such a big deal? Watch this. Because he's a rancher. He doesn't, he doesn't know how many of the calves are going to make it. He doesn't know if there's going to be a drought. He doesn't know what tomorrow looks like. He's, he's, not, he's not putting his confidence and his faith and his money. He's putting it in God. There's a big difference in the way that Cain gave to the way that Abel gave. How we give matters because it reveals the heart of the giver. And we just read where God doesn't want us to give reluctantly or, or out of pressure. He wants us to give cheerfully. Now, look at how God responds to the two gifts because this blew my mind. This, this I never caught this before. It says, The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Did you catch it? See, if I was writing this story, this is what I would have said. The Lord accepted Abel's gift, but he didn't accept Cain's gift. That's not what it says, though, is it? I mean, let's, let's read the text for what the text says, all right? The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Are you with? I mean, this, this is like so crazy to me. How we give matters. Because the way Cain gave, he was not only, he wasn't just, well, given some, 
But he wasn't putting God first. He was rejecting God in the way that he gave. And I'm looking at it going, well, at least he gave. But God's like, I don't care. I didn't want that anyway. What I really wanted was him. What I really wanted was his heart. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be first in every area of his life. Tithing is all about giving God my first and best, period. And can I make a, just a crazy statement that you might disagree with? If you don't give this way, I don't think you can consider it tithing. I think that's why God rejected Cain and his gift. It's not tithing unless we do it God's way. Tithing isn't just about the amount that we give. It's about the order in which we give it. Why? Because tithing expresses where we put our trust and where we put our faith. Is it in our bank account? Is it in our finances? Is it in our savings account? Or is it actually in God and God alone? Look look how God responds in verse 6 and 7. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain? Why do you look so dejected? You um, You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. See, God knew that this was going to lead to other stuff, good or bad. The way we give leads us down a path that you may or may not want to go down. If you look around us and there's so many dejected people, do you wonder why if we're not giving the way that God has told us to give? We're struggling in our relationship with Christ because we're not placing him first in all areas of our life. We don't understand why we're not receiving his blessing and yet we're not, we're not following his instructions. And then we're like, God, where are you at? Are you sleeping? What are you doing? And God's like, you're not putting me first. You're not putting me first. Today, I pray that we are, I pray that we just step out in all boldness and that we begin to put God first in every area of our life because when you bring God your first and best, he promises, can I say it again? He promises to bless the rest. How can I say that? Because that's what scripture says. Test me in this. Try me, is what he says. See if I don't fling open the flood doors of heaven and supply so much you can't even store it. Test me in this. Now, as I said, the, the blessing isn't always money. Uh, many times it's other things. Maybe, maybe you got two cars and that's a blessing in and of itself. Maybe you got two cars and both cars have over 125,000 miles on them. And we don't realize that as a blessing, but that car keeps running. It starts every morning when you go out. That's a blessing. Maybe you got a water heater that's 25 years old and hasn't broke down on you yet. Anybody that's had a water heater go out, that's a blessing right on? Yeah. Um, we, we overlook all of these blessings and God just kind of stretches things out and, and the way he blesses us, many times we miss it and I don't want us to miss it because he blesses us in so many different ways. Or, or every time maybe you need something and every time you go to buy it, it's on sale. And in that moment, you're like, hey, this is awesome, but you forget that God is stretching your money. He's blessing you in that because you put him first. Maybe it's your relationships. Um, there was a couple that was in uh, Mountain View Fellowship several years ago, and we went through this 
financial series, and, and they decided that they were going to tithe for the very first time. And it was interesting, when they came and talked to me, they, their statement was, we couldn't believe how much we fought over money. Like, when we started tithing and we started getting on the same page, all of a sudden we stopped fighting. And then we realized how much we actually fought over money. And that was a blessing to them, that they, they weren't constantly at each other's throats over money anymore. Now, the truth is, those who tithe are blessed. That's a truth. And I'll just tell you from personal experience, this is one I lived out. Another truth for you is those who don't tithe are burdened and broke. That's where we were at. And it seemed like the harder we tried, the more we tried without God, the the deeper the hole got. The more broke we got. And it wasn't until we began honoring God with our finances that we start to see those things turn around. Now, there's no telling how God's going to bless you. It could be in a plethora of different ways. Uh, we had a lady in this church several years ago. We went through this series, and, and she was working um, a job that she hated and barely making ends meet, and we, we preached the same thing. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it without that 10%, but I, I'm going to commit myself, and she did. And it was interesting because she came to me uh, in the office one day. She came in so excited, and uh, she said, here's what happened. I've committed myself to tithe, and I thought you were crazy. And I just expected after three months, I was just going to come back in and ask, my money, ask for my money back because there was no way I was going to make those bills. And she said, I got a phone call and got offered a job I never interviewed for. That pays me way more money. And then she, chuckling on her way out the door, she goes, I guess my tithe's going to go up. Right? We don't know how God is working and how he's moving in this, but we know this is exactly what he does. He meets us right where we're at. Now, some of you think that, um, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll get a little bit more money and then I'll start giving. You know, I, I've got a pay raise that's due and maybe when I get that pay raise, maybe then I'll start tithing. Some of us are in that, that brainwave, right? We're thinking, okay, I'll do it when I get a little bit more money. My question to you would be this, why would God give you more money when you're not faithful with, with what he's already given you, right? And see, the truth is this, the reason God blesses the faithful giver is because a faithful giver being blessed is able to give more. That's why. I've, I've learned in spiritual um, journeys for so many people, um, we get attacked by Satan at every front. I know that. But I think specifically there's two areas where Satan really attacks us. And the first one is baptism. The number of people I've talked to that said, I've received Christ, but I don't know, man. I, just, I, I don't think I can get the baptistry. I don't want to be in front of all those people. I don't want to get baptized. I don't want... And I said, you understand what baptism is all about, Right? And I think the reason why baptism gets attacked is because Satan knows that that is the first step of obedience in your walk with Christ. The other one, I think, is this, is tithing. Because he knows that when you do this, God said, test me and see if I don't, I don't meet you where you're at. And he knows that if you take this step and God shows up, you're going to be harder to get at. And plus, he's got his hook so deep in our money sometimes that he's, he's got a foot in the door. And he doesn't want to lose that. And I found that those two areas are areas where, where Satan just comes in and, and he tempts us so much because he goes, if I can just get him to compromise in these areas, what else could I get them to compromise in? And he really, really puts you to test in these areas. And so with that being said, there's two things I want to challenge you with today. Uh, the first one is this Ramsey Plus. Uh, if you're struggling financially and you need some help, Mountain View Fellowship has a subscription. We've paid for it through Ramsey 
organization for Ramsey Plus. Ramsey Plus is all the videos, all the training, it's all the financial tools, everything that you need to set up your budget. Everything is online for you. And here's what's great about it. The church paid for a subscription, and because of that, everyone at Mountain View Fellowship has a free, you have free access. All the tools are available to you. All you have to do is scan that. If you don't get it right now, you can get it during the announcement loop after the service. We'll make sure that you have it. You just go in after you scan that. It's all, it gives you the church number. You put all your information in. You set up your own account and you go. It's free of charge to you. And we want you to get serious about getting your finances in order this year. Uh, the other thing that we challenge you with is last week, I challenged you with a three-month challenge. And I do this every time. And if you've never tithed before, I want to challenge you to just make the commitment that you're going to tithe for the next three months. And if you do that, and you don't see God move in that, come to me, just let me know. No questions asked. We'll give you all that money back. Why? Because it's not about the money. It's about the heart posture. It's about our hearts. It's, a, it's about your relationship with Christ, putting him first in every area of your life. And that's our prayer and desire. I hope that you're not hearing this series and just thinking dollars. But you're really being challenged in this moment to take some big faith steps in the direction of Jesus. That's our goal. I want to pray for that. Would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. We're asking in this moment that you would meet us right where, where we're at. Lord, I know um, there are some in this room that are so buried in debt right now, they can't even see out. I, I pray that you would meet them in that moment, that you would show them, like you've showed many of us in this room, how to get out. And it's through honoring you first and getting our finances in line. God, for those that are just, uh, this, this is an idol in their life. I pray that you would break those walls down, that they would trust you, maybe for the first time. And Lord, I just pray that in all these things, you continue to, to chisel away at the rock in our heart until you are all that matters to us, until you have the throne in every area of our life. Lord, we pray that this continually is shaping and molding us into people that look more and more like you. We pray all this brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen.